South Carolina, if you can't tell by my voice, it's, I'm a Southern girl. And I have family in North Carolina. I have family in South Carolina. And matter of fact, today, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it just a little bit later in my sermon. I called my mom, and I said, what are you going to do about that storm? She said, what? I said, what are you going to do about that storm? I said, I don't know nobody else in South Carolina to call who been at Word of Life Church and know their authority. I said, you're the only one. So I said, what are you going to do about the storm? And she was like, oh. I said, she said, well, Jesus is going to take care of me. What about all the people that don't know Jesus? <laughs> sometimes I love, sometimes, that's my mom. I respect her, but sometimes I got to remind my mama she ain't been at Word of Life in a while. She don't know how we roll. <laughs> We're not under the weather. We're over the weather. <laughs> Jesus calmed the storm and the same spirit that was in Jesus in us. I remember last year, last year this time when Hurricane Irma was trying to do her stuff, I put my little thing on Facebook, and I told believers, you should not be fronting it, worrying it. You should be standing in your prayer room taking authority over the power of the enemy. And my mama said, she said, well, you know, people here believe that God sent the storm. I said, oh, my God. I need to go down there and preach again. So I do want us to just stand in agreement with them. I told mom, and I was telling her too, I said, see, mama, you don't understand. When that thing was coming to Florida, this is my house. This is my state. This is where my kids go to school. This is where I live. And this is my authority. So I said, you're not coming tearing up my place, making me be out of work, making everything. I said, now, this is your home, mama. So you do the same thing. So I hope I got to fire up a little bit. So, but I want us all to stand and we're going to take authority over that in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I do thank you for your word. I thank you that we are more than conquerors and we are victorious. I thank you, Lord, that we know who you are and you are in us. So right now, Lord, first of all, first of all, I pray that the church in South Carolina and North Carolina and the believers will rise up and they will have what they say and they will speak the word of God over that storm and they will declare what it will do and what not it do. Lord, let faith arise in them tonight. Let faith arise in those believers. Let them know that they're not defeated. Let them know that's not whatever. It's what you say in Jesus' name. And we hook up and agree with them. We say storm dissipate. We say no destruction to homes and family. No lives lost in Jesus' name. And we plead the blood of Jesus over the borders of North and South Carolina. Thank you for your angels for having charge and protecting those borders in Jesus' name. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. See something coming? See something happen? Use your authority. And tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all, <laughs> Pastor been talking about the past week, he's been talking about love. And then last week, he was talking about get your head in the game. And so I just took all those things he was talking, and I just like going to tidy up in the conclusion, try to put in one ball if I can. And my subject tonight is take the roof off. It used to be a song because I wasn't always saved. Somebody said, who said, I ain't going to say it because I'm in the pulpit. But the song was take the roof off. And that just means that it was going to be no more limit. That we was going to do what we were going to do and we were going to tear the roof off. Back in the day, they used to say raise the roof. And they used to do the hands like this. But no, we ain't going to raise it. We're going to tear it off. Tear off. (laughs) 
this ain't this actually came from the Holy Ghost, right? Last um last week, I think it was last week or two weeks, Pastor was preaching and he was talking about something, and then I got it. The Holy Ghost said, This is your next sermon. And I did not know Pastor gonna ask me to preach. So then he asked me to preach. I said, Well, I already got the sermon. <laughs> so my first scripture I want to go to is Mark 2 4. And when they I want to make sure you got it. If you got it, say amen. And when they could not come near him, they was talking about Jesus, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins, have, your sins are forgiven. And right now today, that just so, whew, that just so get me excited. Because we're not, no, we're, we're not trying to get to Jesus. But Jesus was the word in the flesh. Jesus was the word in the flesh. And these men, it was so full that they couldn't get to him. But they had the zeal and they had the desire and they had something that we're going to be going over tonight. An attitude that if the word says it, then it is true. And I'm going to get to this word because I know it is true. And that's an attitude. I remember years ago, Jackie Anderson preached, your attitude is your attitude. It's how far you're going to go in God. It's how high you're going to go in the business. And these people's attitude was like, I'm going to get to Jesus. How many of us would have stopped when the house was full? How many of us stop when they said, don't tear my roof off? I know people. I know it had to be somebody in that house saying, look at these fools. I know people. I see people in church sometimes trying to get a hold of God. And I see people looking, why they got to do all that? I know what people say. Some people might just be out here kneeling. Why? You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to do all that. And I'm sure they told them the same thing. You ain't got to do all that. But they was going to get to what was promised. Jesus is the word. And that's the same attitude that we should have in the church, but especially this church. Amen. Last week, that was all pastors preaching. Get your head in the game. Get in the game. Want it. Desire it. We'll take no less than it. We have the word and we have promises. If you sick right now, the promises that you was made, you by his strike, you were healed. Don't stop. Tell the roof off till you get that promise manifest in your life. Don't stop. No matter what nobody say, don't stop. So tonight, when I say shout, I want you to say, tell the roof off. I don't know when it's coming. But you need to declare it. Because y'all got some stuff in y'all life where it seems too difficult. And y'all got to have the tenacity to say, God said it, this is it, it will be. I have made up my mind. I was telling pastor that whatever I have to do and make changes in myself, and we're going to get into changes. I don't know I'm going to get that much shouting when I start talking about the changes. <laughs> but I'm sure they had to make some changes to get on that roof. They had to forget about what people were thinking about. 
They had to tear some stuff off. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. So we're going to have to make some changes, but our attitude in making those changes that we're going to see what God said. We're going to see in this church. I know with my pastor heart, he want God to move in the lives of people in here. Sometimes we don't understand. We think he's being aggressive. We think he's not being sensitive to us. No, he got an attitude that he's going to see God move in his life. He's going to see it in the land of the living. He's not going to wait till he go to heaven. When you learn why people do stuff and the attitude why they'll do it, then you will understand. You won't get frustrated with pastor. You will just see. He won't got, he don't want his prayers, no feeble among us. No sick among us. No divorce in this house. No broken up marriages. He want to see us walking in divine health with the victory over our kids. He don't want our kids to be having addictions, backsliding. That's his vision. That's my vision. I pray for you guys so I know. We, he want you to be victorious. So sometimes he say things and do things and I even sometimes like, oh, Lord. But I know the reason. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we, it don't take the whole church. We got enough people. We ain't got to take the, if this group of people in here decide, I'm going to take the roof off. I'm going to get to what God promised me. I'm going to get to the promises of God. We can change this church and change the city. It only, it can only take two, but we got way more than two. My next thing to we're going to go into is unity. This man couldn't lay his bed down by himself. He needed some help. If he had one person lay my bed down, I would say, no, my arm hurting. No, my leg hurting. He would never got down to the promises because it was disunity. The first thing is taking the roof off. You got to be in unity. So we're going to touch that base. Amen. The first thing I want to go to Ephesians 4, 3, talking about unity. Enduring to keep the unity of the faith in the bond of peace. That means you always, no matter what happened, you is endeavoring to keep unity in the body of Christ. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So, Mashi. I wish show my sheep how to keep unity. When division comes in marriage, it causes divorce. Divorce hurt everybody. When division comes in the church, it causes splits. That hurt everybody. If you get mad and leave this church, don't think you're just leaving. You got to give. You got to call that we need. You are literally hurting me. Because you're supposed to help me get to the promises of God. As they help that man get down to the promise of God. You're supposed to help me. I'm supposed to help you. If I lead this church today, how many people, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't bragging on myself, but how many people been helped just because I'm in this church? Now think about how many people been helped because you're in this church. Don't put up double hands. You're going to have to start paying me. She put up two hands. I need to start getting paid. But when you come to a church, Unity is important, but in your homes, because we all need one another to get to the promises of God. 
And that's what pastors say sometimes when he's black. You know, come to church. If you got a job on Sunday or Wednesday, come to church. It's not because he wants you to be religious. He knows that one Sunday you might be missing and a sister might be here that need what you got. It's not because he wants you to just come to church and, and so you can be here and he going the church fill up. He know the reality of the body of Christ. I know when I'm missing church, matter of fact, people call me. But I try to put it on Facebook or I try to send out texts and say, listen, I won't be here. Because they'll say, Shirley, where was you this morning? Shirley, where was you last night? And I say, well, oh, my God, just one Sunday? But God is quick to remind me. It's not just one Sunday. Somebody was looking for something I got. When you see it that way, it's not religion to miss it. It's just you thinking about more people more than yourself. And then I want to go to Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. This is what they had at the prayer breakfast this year. How many of you guys went to the prayer breakfast? This was a scripture that they had, and when they had that, it just touched me to my core. Number one, for disunity in our nation, with our president, with all the stuff that going between blacks and whites. So this just touched me with that. But it also touched me just with the body of Christ. So it says, and he himself gave some. Is that the one I want? Okay. He himself gave some to apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of, of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. And that's why he gave you a pastor. That's why he gave you me, an evangelist. That's why he gave you teachers. That's why he gave you prophets. So when pastor come up here and minister to you and he's telling you stuff to do, it's all because that's his job. So that we can be perfect. And I, I am determined. My, we pray on Monday night. Anybody can come. It's only women, no men. A man going to have a prayer group one day. But we've been praying for about four or five years that we want to see God move. We want to see the lame walk. We want blind eyes open. We want the deaf to hear. We want the main to just be made whole instantly. This is our heart cry. We got people in this church, whether you know or not, we be crying out that your healing be manifested. You already have it, that it be manifested. And we have made up our mind in hell or high water, we're going to see the promises of God in our lives. We have about five people I think we call out their name regularly. Because it's, this ought not be. This ought not be. We have the living God inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. Ain't no one in our midst should be sick. Jesus went around teaching, preaching, and healing. So if something's sick among us, it could be that we're in disunity. Not one accord. We're not helping that person fulfill the promises of God. Could be one reason. I don't know. Just saying. The next one I want to go to is Acts 2.1. Pastor teach about this a lot. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one accord. 
How many people know what one accord mean? Come together, one mind. One accord. Go to the next one. And suddenly a sign of heaven came. Read, I read scriptures like what happened before that. Before suddenly came, they was in one accord. Before the Holy Ghost show up like a mighty, mighty rushing wind, they was in one accord. If we want God to move in this place, we need to get in one accord. One accord with our pastor because he's our leader. And one accord in what he says. The mighty rushing wind didn't come in until they got in one accord. This is what God said do. He said, meet us here. This is what we're doing. Let's all go and do it. And then the suddenly came after they got in one accord. Some of you waiting on suddenlies, but you haven't got in one accord. Matter of fact, some of you are in disagreement with pastor. Some of you may be in disagreement with me. Some of you may be in disagreement with a sister in the church. And then you wonder why the suddenly ain't happen. They got in one accord first, together. And we could just get a group of people in this church to come together and say, this is the vision. This is what our pastor's doing. Let's come together. We could have some suddenlies in this church. We could have suddenly you, you, you can't walk. Suddenly you jump up. Suddenly you got depression. Suddenly you're full of joy. Suddenly you can't see. Suddenly your eyes open. Suddenly you, you don't, you have suicide thoughts. Suddenly you're full of God. But we need to come in one accord. Nothing don't happen in disunity. Nothing. Like I said, I don't have the whole church. But we all will agree to be in unity. We could change things. Like Pastor said last week, it's so hard, me being the prayer coordinator, it's so hard getting a group of women. Sometimes we are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 to all agree. Because you got everybody on different levels. And that's okay. You don't have to be on my same level, just agree with what I'm saying. And then we can go places. But if I'm over here, and you over there thinking, why she got to pray so loud? We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. It's true. You don't want a cord. Enduring, to, we have to just do all we got to keep the unity. It's so important to God. It's so important. To have, if you got kids, how many of you, it hurt you when your kids fighting against each other? One time God told me this, and it stick to me this day. He said, you know, if you talk about Sister Ann, you're talking about me? I said, what? He said, who's in Sister Ann? I am. Shut my mouth real quick. When you talk about somebody and they belong to Jesus Christ, you're talking about Jesus. That should put a holy fear in some of y'all. Now, if they did something that you don't understand, you just say, Lord, I don't understand it. Lord, I don't know why, but I'm going to shut this up because I don't want to come against my own self. When you come against me, you're coming against you. We're the body. I'm not going to 
gonna sit here and beat my arm? sit here and you beat yourself and you beat up somebody else you're hurting you you're part of that same body when you get that revelation you'll realize how much God said forgive why he stressed that why he said don't even come pray until if you have art because it's so important you hurt yourself and you're hurting Jesus nobody want to hurt my Lord Jesus no but most of the time we don't know what we're doing we get on that telephone. Oh, thank you, Jesus. By the whole ghost, some of y'all need to stay off the phone. <laughs> now that's by the Holy Ghost. Some of us need to stay off the phone because when we get on, when we get on the phone, we get into stuff that we ain't got no business. I had that. I mean, don't think that. Oh, I'm the prayer coordinator. I'm preaching that this don't happen to me. I had somebody in church that would just. She was just upset with what pastor was doing or whatever. And I would be feeling good. I love my dear sister. She would call me at the church thinking we're going to, no, at first I thought we were going to talk about the sermon, but after about two or three weeks when she called me, I said, oh, Lord, I know she's going to talk about what pastor preached today. So now, now nobody called me. <laughs> because you, everybody know now. No, nobody actually called me. Nobody called me and say nothing. If they called me, they talk about something else. They don't talk about nothing. But I remember this woman, she would call me, and she was so upset. I remember one thing. This is so funny. She said, I got, she said, I'm, I said, well, the Bible said turn the other cheek. She said, well, surely I turned this one, this one, and that one, that one. I ain't got no more. I'm like, I know Pastor ain't hitting that many cheeks now. And that was the first time I heard it. She said, I only got four. I got these two and these two. I done turned off. <laughs> True story. And she would call me, and then she would, and, and she would call me, and she would want to talk about what was said that was wrong, critical. Not what was right, but what was wrong. And I would all the time say, but he didn't mean it like that. He didn't say it like that. It's not the whole story. And But she was just so steadfast because her mind was made up, and she was in disunity. And I did all I could to save that relationship, but it didn't work. So I'm just saying, Sometimes you can't even talk on phone with people you love. I love this woman. You got to let some people go to stay in unity. Because what was happening, I'm going to tell you this the truth, and this happened to me a, a while ago. When she would tell those things, because some of it may have been true, it would turn my heart against my pastor. Because I started saying, yeah, that's right, he did say that. Not saying to her, but thinking it. And so I just realized I'm not going to listen to it. And so that's why I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, do not listen to those things. Turn some people off because they can get you in disunity with your sisters and your brothers. And anybody who calls in disunity is not of God. I don't care who it is. If I call you and cause disunity, I want you to tell me, surely that's not of God. Because you love me enough to tell me the truth. And when I leave this world, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. So you can correct me. I am open to correction. And that's, amen, Pastor Jeannie. So we are talking about unity. Taking the roof off consists of unity. Saying we're going to get the word of God no matter what we have to do. We have to turn the phone off. If we have to discard people, if we have to just say we love you, but I'm not going to listen to that. If it calls us to come to church for other people, we're going to be in unity. The next thing.
I want to, I'm talking about unity, but I want to go to another scripture that I just something that I told pastor that the heart, the Lord put on my heart and it's talking about rebellion. Yes, it's in the Bible. And it's in 1 Samuel 15, 25. It's in the Bible. And I'm going to tell you, I have a little bit, too, of that sometimes. And God was just telling me about my own stuff. And he said, I, I text pastors the scripture, you know, rebellion is as a spirit of witchcraft. And I, I told pastor this. I said, pastor. It's a spirit of rebellion trying to go in the church. He didn't comment. I just told him. I said, because when I prayed, the Lord told me. And I said, it's not the people. It's the spirit that's driving the people. And I said, I want you to know I will be taking authority over it, and you do so. And you, too, and you, too, and you do too if the spirit leads. And that's um, Samuel, Samuel, 1 Samuel 20, 15, 25. Now, therefore, please pardon my sins and return with me that I may worship the Lord. I think that's what I want. But Samuel said to Saul, if you don't know the backstory, um, the prophet told Samuel, go kill everybody and kill the sheep and kill everybody. He did part of it. He didn't do the whole thing. So that's kind of backdrop. If you don't know, read your Bible. <laughs> but Samuel said to Saul, I will not return, return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned away to go, Saul seized the edge of his robe, and it, and, it, and it tore. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to the neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie and not, nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. I think this. Do I want that one? I think I might want to go earlier where he say um, rebellious um, as a sin of witchcraft. I think I want that one. Go to 23. I think I went too far. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as an iniquity and adultery, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, and he has rejected you from being king. I just want to pause right there. People don't understand what rebellion is, but if you have a child, you know what that is. You say do something, and they put their foot down and say No. Tiffany said, whoop him. You're the authority over that young one. And you said, go do this. And they put their foot down and said, no, that is rebellion. That's not they misunderstood you. That's not they didn't hear you. They just look at you and told you, you don't have authority over me and I'm not doing it. And that's manipulation. That's why it's witchcraft. Because they try to manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. That is manipulation. And that's what Saul was doing. He did. He, he said, well, I did some of these, but the sheep looked good, and we want to give an offering, so I didn't do everything God said. He did part obedience, but partial obedience is no obedience. And he was stubborn. Some people, you just stubborn. You in your own way, you think you know it, and this is what you're going to do. Sometimes it's, I tell, it's like they come in here and pastor say something, and they say, well, I've been serving the Lord 50 years. He can't tell me that. Stubbornness. Well, I don't believe when he said pray in tongues, I don't believe we just pray in tongues. I don't believe we need to lift our voice. Stubborn. Sometimes at prayer at, on Monday nights, I told the women, I say, everybody get up and hold hands. 
it ain't not, and some, everybody do it. I said, because that's, I'm the leader, and I have authority over you. So when we come to prayer and I say, everybody get up, hold hands, everybody get up, hold hands. Unity. And sometimes the pastor get up here and say something, and I know, I'm going to tell you this. Don't think when you have an attitude in church, people can't feel it. Don't think when pastor says something, well, I don't know about everybody. I'm not a prophet, but I got enough spiritual discernment. I can feel it when you're looking at him any type of way. I can feel it when he says something. It almost like the, the, the spirit moves. And then I automatically start praying. If you behind me, I might say, let's reboot these demons. I might grab your hand and say, let's reboot some demons in here. Because you can feel it. You're not fooling anybody. You can have a smile on your face, but you can feel that spirit just, Ugh! you don't got mad. <laughs> I have a saying, it came from South Carolina, ain't nobody mad but the devil. If you get mad, check, the, check what spirit on you. Especially if you get mad about truth. Ain't nobody mad but the devil. Now, if pastor says something I disagree, I'm not going to get mad. If you get mad, you got a spirit in you that's not of God. Especially if you get mad at your pastor. Whew. How many people in this church? Is pastor your pastor? Raise your hand. If, if you go to another church, I understand he's not your pastor. I understand that. But for everybody who raised their hand, when pastor said do something, you should be doing it. Because you just raised your hand and said, this is my pastor. And if you raise your hand and say, this is your pastor, and pastor say do something, you should be doing it. If you're not, you are rebelling and you're stubborn. That's all to it. Some people got trying to make it all sugared up. No, that's simple. Yeah. Now, pastor, I'm not all perfect. I'm still working on those monthly reports. <laughs> if you're not in leadership, you don't know this. Every month, pastor give us assignment to do monthly reports. And the Holy Ghost got me onto this last week. I do it, but it's slow. And sometimes I pray, honest God, I pray, Lord, please let Pastor forget about these. Please let him get so busy. Please let him get so busy, he forget about this monthly report, and he won't call me. I do it. I do it, honest God, because I hate those things. Because it's about who you talk to, who you minister to, who you got saved. And I talk to everybody. I minister to everybody. I minister to people on my job, talk to people, and I just, I don't want to put that on paper. It's just so much. But he asked. So last week, the, <laughs> he texted me. And he was so sweet. Shirley, if you got your monthly report, please disregard this text or something. Um, but we do need it. I'm like, yes, pastor, I, I got it. And the Holy Ghost said, why are you not honoring your pastor? There's something so minor. He said, your pastor told you to do this monthly report and give it to him every month. But you're not honoring him. You pray that he don't, he pray that he forget about it. <laughs> and then when you give it to him, it's late. And he's so gracious, but God said, you're not honoring what I gave you. He just asked a simple request. That's what I'm saying. It's not it even got to be a big thing. But if you really have a heart after God, and you really want to see God move in people's lives, 
He will talk to you about the things you're doing wrong because your cry, your heart is, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me, oh God, and know my thoughts. If there's anything in me that's wicked, lead me to the way of righteousness. If your heart really after God, he will tell you those things you need to be corrected, even though you may say that's small. But it was something because in my heart I wasn't honoring what my pastor said. And I wasn't honoring authority. So that brings us to our next subject. We're going to talk about authority. Woohoo! Shout it out. Take the roof off. Take the roof off. I feel like you're getting sleepy. You got to shout. I really believe if the um, body of Christ knew how good God was, it wouldn't be nobody overweight. Because you would just dance all the time. You would just run all the time. For real. That's why I would never be overweight. Because, yeah, if I put on five pounds, I'm just going to dance. I'm going to dance it off. I'm going to dance it off. You can. You, you can. You can dance weight off. Every morning, start thinking about how good God do, how good God is. Put your some music and just start dancing. Even if you can't dance, do something. I remember one night at prayer, we were talking about how good God is, and they was laughing. It was a chair. I done jump on the chair and jump back off. They were like, Shirley, how did you do that? I was like, I can leap over a wall. You stay in shape, praising God. Make, get them bones moving. Dry bones. Speak to those dry bones. Shake something. Just think about how God woke you up this morning. How I got ten fingers, ten toes, kneecaps. How I can see you. How my husband's alive. My kids are well. So much. That is the answer for our obese population. Just praise God. I'm going to sell a CD. You want to lose weight? Just praise God. <laughs> praise him with your whole heart, your whole might, everything you got. Praise the Lord. And you will lose weight. <laughs> Buy my CD. And you'll lose nine pounds in a week. If you guys didn't know Pastor Lisa Mama, she was a blessing. She's run up here with the tambourine. And her thing was praise the Lord. And I remember one time, and sometimes I you think these people are crazy. Honest God did. I see Pastor Lisa Mama coming to church, and she would have a show on Tuesday, praise the Lord. And she would be like, praise the Lord. And I'm like, what? I, I love the Lord. But then one day I got revelation of just how good God is. Show your people, God, how good you is, how good you are. I don't know that correct English, but praise the Lord. We just gonna call that another tongue. <laughs> Give it all you got. I'm telling you, he is worthy. He is so worthy. Oh, that men will praise the Lord. 
Oh, that men will praise the Lord. You know, I'm, a, I just, I'm off my topic, but I got to share this. One time years ago, I, I was sick. I haven't been sick in a while, but I was sick. I don't know what I had. I was in the bed, and I was going through. I had a temperature, and so I'm one that I don't go to the hospital. Not saying it's wrong or it's right, but I ask God. If God don't tell me to go to the hospital, I stay and stand on the word. He can use a doctor, but I ask him. So I didn't go to the hospital, so one day passed, and I you know, de- declaring the word, two-day pass. And the third day, my husband came in. He got fed up. He said, if you're not better tomorrow, I'm taking you to the hospital. <laughs> that night, I turned that radio on, and I praised the Lord. I wasn't even feeling good, but I wasn't going to the hospital. I started dancing, thanking the Lord, running, running, shouting, and I was still in pain. My husband said, oh, you're feeling better? I said, yes. I said, yes. And, no, it's true. And I did not go to the hospital just by faith. Start praising the Lord because I didn't want to go to the hospital. I know he's going to make me go. And start dancing and shouting. Even though I was feeling bad, I recovered so quickly just by praising the Lord. Because I got my mind off of me. Some of you would just be free if you just praise the Lord. I did it because I just didn't want to go to the hospital. That's just me. I'm not that type of person. Okay, we're going to talk about authority next. Staying in unity and authority. I want to go to um, Luke 7, 8. This is what authority looked like. Some of you guys don't know what authority looked like. I remember I had um, Miss Kim. She used to be a teacher, Kim, Kim Portlotten. She told me, she, was, she said, on the first day of school, Shirley, I know all the kids that get spanked. <laughs> she said, they are totally different. She said, I know all the kids that don't get spanked. They tear up the class. I know the kids that discipline, and I know the kids that not. I can look in this church and say, I know the kids who are disciplined, and I know the kids who are not. She said, the kids that get spanked, when I say something, they listen, because they don't want me to call their mama. The kids who don't respect authority, they don't care. Call my mama, call my daddy, call the president. Because they have never been taught authority by their parents. This is what authority looked like. For I am a man, I, for I also am a man in place on authority, having soldier under me. When I say go, they go. That's what authority looked like. And he goes into another one come, and he come into my servant, do this, and he does that. Let's go to Luke 9 1. That's what authority looked like for you don't know. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and cured diseases. I want to stay right here for a minute. But for everybody who raised their hand and said, and for, for, for information, pastor not paying me no money to preach this sermon. <laughs> I'm not getting out one dime. I'm doing this <laughs> because of the Holy Ghost revealed this to me in prayer. And I want this church, oh gosh, I want this church to walk in the fullness of its destiny. And I know what's stopping it. And I know it's us. I ain't say you, I say us. We have to make some changes. We have to get corrected. Anytime you spend time with God, I, he correct me a lot, but I spend a lot of time with him. And I'm always asking him, I know it's not you, God. It must be me. So what's going on? And he'll show me. If, you, if, if you're not walking in authority under your leaders, your pastors, then you're not walking in authority in the spirit. I can guarantee it. You know why? Because you don't know authority. How can you walk in something if you don't know it? 
So you're telling the devil, get off of me, but you can't even listen to your pastor. That devil ain't going nowhere. You're not under authority. That's the truth. Because you don't know authority. You can't be under something you don't understand. Authority is your covering. Authority is the way God used that to help you grow. I remember a while ago, it had to be maybe last year, pastor was telling everybody on Wednesday night, he said, he was going to make us pray in the Holy Ghost. He said that he's going to get three or four people and y'all going to pray and he's going to hear y'all. And so the next Wednesday, I, you know, I don't care. I'll just pray anyway. So I was like down with it. I was like, yes. But I know everybody wasn't. Next Wednesday, he came and let everybody pray. And then I guess most people submitted. But then the next week, it was uh, that same week, it was a testimony came forth from this church in front of the church. That pastor, when you said that, I didn't want to do it. But when I did it, I was blessed. I, something happened. I was changed. They didn't understand it. But they went under authority and did it anyway. You have to realize in this church, sometimes pastor going to say do something and you're not going to understand it. It's not for you to understand. You're not the authority. When I tell my kids, don't do this because it will hurt you in the future. Or don't do this because it won't help you um, reach your goal. They don't understand. They're 18. I'm 40. They don't know what I know because they're not in authority that I sit in. And they ain't going to understand it. But they just need to do it because I know what I'm talking about. The same thing with pastor. When he tells you something, you may not understand it because you're not in the place that he's at. He's over you. One day he's going to have to give account for you. And when he give account for me, I want, he say, I want him to say that girl was a blessing. She turned in her monthly report a little bit slow. But other than that, she was a blessing. When he talk about you, what is he going to say? Because he's on the authority on the God for your soul. The man watch over your soul, for God's sakes. Can he get a little bit of respect? You know, Aretha Franklin just passed, but that song, she, she, um, Levon about to sing it, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Can he get a little bit of respect? The man watching over your soul. So go when he said go, come when he said come, and, and the power over demons when you walk in authority in this realm the most submitted person have the most and when they submit in this realm under authority they have the most power in the spirit realm because they know that God gave them authority and they know when they speak to that demon he's going to leave because they know authority here they know when pastor says something they do it so they know in the spirit realm when they say to the demon he's going to do it it's a reflection. You can't tell me you got authority over demons when you can't even listen to what pastor said do on Sunday morning. You don't. You can tell me what you want to, but I'm telling you, you don't. It don't work that way. You have to learn authority to work in it, to flow in it. Because when I tell a demon to get off of you, I know that I know authority, and I know if my pastor said do something, I know I do it. So I know when, it, when them demons, when I say go, they're going to do it because I understand authority. So if you're having an issue saying, well, I told the devil left and he's still here. Check your authority. Check if you're walking in authority in this realm because you don't really understand it. you got to understand something. You know, in the, in the Bible, when, the, when they saw Paul and the disciples casting out demons, they went and tried to go do it and demons overtook them. 
They were just saying something. You could just say anything, but you don't know it. And nothing happened. You could just say something tonight because I repeat it. Don't repeat what I said. This word is alive unto me. I meditate this on day and night. I say this to myself. I declare this to myself. I live like this. So if I say it, I know it. But don't you say it just because I say it. You get to the point where you know it. Then you have the power over the enemy. So in this church, once we start walking in authority, guess what's going to happen? We have power over the enemy. Sickness come in here, you get out. Cancer in here, you get out. Leukemia, get out. High blood pressure, get out. Any crippling disease, get out. I got to walk around the church at that one. Because I have learned the authority. So once you learn the authority, then demons will obey. So that's why it's so important in the church, we must get under authority. It's not about you. It's about the overhaul over our church. Sometimes we don't think that even matters. We don't think if pastor says something, we just sit down there and do it. We think it's so minor. But in the spirit, it's major. It's major. I was telling my prayer group, I said, now, if I tell y'all to do something, I'm just random. I said, if I tell y'all to go in the corner and sell your bodies, I will understand why you would say no, Shirley. But if I tell you to pray in the Holy Ghost, if I tell you to hold hands, rise up and stand, that's in the Bible. Why would you reject that? If pastors say on Sunday night, lift your voice, why would you reject that? Sometimes if pastors say, okay, I want y'all all get together and pray, why would you reject the word of God? If he tell you something unbiblical, by all means, I will reject it. You reject it. But we're rejecting things that's in the Bible. And because sometimes it's just because it came from pastor. If somebody else said it, we probably would have listened. That's my next one. I'm going to talk about honor. And we're going to tie up with honor. We're going to get some honor. You know, I pray all the time and God said, back in divine order. I always pray. He said, church, my church need to be back in divine order. It is totally out of order. It is totally out of order. We are totally out of order. We do what we want. We don't listen. We hurt one another. And then we wonder why God is not moving. Malachi 1 says, I can guarantee this, and this is by the Holy Ghost. If we correct these things God is telling us, we will see a change within a year in our church. We will see a change in our church. As a son honors his father and his servant his master, if I'm then your father, where is my honor? This was God talking to him. And and if I'm your master, where is my reverence? said the Lord of hosts to the priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar, but I say, in what have you defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. We, I, I told Pastor Lisa, I said this Sunday night at prayer, and I'll repeat it. 
And Pastor Lisa say stuff. Pastor Lisa and Pastor's pastor. Pastor Jeannie and Tom and then Pastor Josh and Pastor Karen. Those are our pastors. I don't care if you're older than them. I don't care if you've been serving the Lord longer than them. I don't care what you think about them. They are our pastors. And they deserve the honor because God gave them to us. And if we honor our pastors, we will honor the Holy Spirit. Some people wonder why the Holy Spirit ain't moving because there's no reverence in the church. John Breville wrote a book, and it's such a good book. And Sunday night, I was telling Pastor Lisa to get up here on Sunday morning, and then she dismissed, and she told everybody, we're going to have the altar workers up here, and they are going to pray. Please be quiet. You don't know how. And I'm not mad at the people. I'm mad at the Spirit, how they will talk and laugh. And these people are here trying to pray. You don't even honor prayer time. It's not about you. But that's one thing. You're not even honoring prayer. How do you expect God to move? And we do it every week. And it's not because we're bad people. It's because we're not taught. It's because we're not taught. And we need to be teaching. If anything concerning to God, it is so precious. Even his people. His pastors are so precious to him. So if Tim called me a pastor, I said, oh, no, I'm not a pastor. I said, I, I don't want that title. I said, you call me evangelist. <laughs> Every time I prayed, the Holy Ghost said, Pre please pray over my pastors. Please pray over my pastors. You guys, if you've never been a pastor, you don't know what these people go through. You don't know. And I pray for all pastors, not just my pastors. I pray for all pastors. All pastors in the pop club, pastors on TV. They are so precious to God. And God wants us to honor our pastors. If we could just honor our pastors, walk in unity and no authority, we would see a change in our lives, a change in our children's lives, and a change in this church. We would then be seeing God move. I told pastor, I said, you can talk about any move of God you want, but I bet every move that they honor God. You can look at any move in the past that happened. One thing remained, they honor God. They didn't have people doing whatever they wanted to do. They had a, a person who was under authority, and they followed that person. I'm going to say this last thing, and then I'm going to close. I just want y'all to see how petty we can be. Move your tea, baby. I don't want you to. I don't want you to. One, move a God. People got mad about this. You say, what this? They got mad about their seat. Doing a great move of God. Because, this is how petty you can be. When you get from unauthority, when you get out of disunity, you can stop a move of God because somebody sat in your seat. Because that's your seat. Somebody may be sat in that seat who is strung out on drugs. Who need Jesus. And you're being so petty about a chair that somebody on their way going to hell and you thinking about a chair. Or the church is so full you don't have a seat. Take the roof off. Do what you ever got to do. Stand. Submit. When pastor says do, do it. 
Do whatever you got to do to have a move of God. One chair, I think about that. One chair. People got mad. Because I come here early just to get my seat. But you got legs. Somebody ain't got legs. And you worry about a chair. This is how minute we can be as believers. Stopping people for enjoying God. When, when the move of God starts coming, a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable. A lot of people are going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be some people in here that may be looking at you crazy. Take the roof off. If this is what it takes, then this is what it's going to be. It's going to be some different preaching than pastor. Don't come and say, well, pastor ain't preaching, ain't coming. Take the roof off. It's going to be some different singing. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for some black music come up in here. Don't say, they too loud. That's what we do. That's what we do. We a little bit more vibrant than Caucasian. Ain't nothing wrong with that. My husband white. See, I love white people. <laughs> but let people worship God the way they want to. For God's sake. For God's sake. Take the roof off. It's going to be some people that come in here half naked. That might be their best. Don't worry. When I see young ladies that come in, I, talk, I, I offer them clothes. We're going to take care of them. But please don't worry about your husband looking at them. Take your roof off. Know that that might be all that they had to wear. Please don't stare at them. They coming in the church for love. So don't be looking at them. People start coming. The lost, the outcasts. The spirit of God is upon us to heal the brokenhearted. They are brokenhearted. That's going to be totally different from us. More might be sitting beside you that loud and you're quiet. Just move. No, just move. We want unity. Just move. But we have to take the roof off if we want to see this miraculous ram to walk in. He got so much more for us to walk in and so much victorious. He wants to be victorious. I, want, I, I, I know many people saw this vision. People come in this church. And just heal because time they enter in the presence of God is just full in this house. Nobody lay hands on them. Because this is a place where we know authority. This is a place where we honor God. This is a place where we walk in unity. And this is a place that we love. If you do those things, ain't no ifs and the but. Guarantee God's going to start moving. God's going to start moving. So tonight, for this group... All right, whoever listens to the CD, but if we just do it for this group, make up our mind, whatever we have to do, we're going to get the promises of God manifested in our lives. Have a made up mind. Take the roof off. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you. You are a God who your word is true. You are a God who is faithful. You are a God who loves. And you are a God that, we, that it's not you. If you're not moving, it's us. So tonight, Lord, this was your word. So Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to move on that word. Move on the hearts of the people. When after next week or the next week, when they go start going back in that same, that same routine, awaken them to your word. Awaken them. Because you want them to be victorious. Don't let us go back to the same way. Don't let us do the same thing. I don't want to hear another good sermon. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear another good song. I want to see you move, God. I don't care about good preaching. I don't care about the crowd. I just care that your people are free and that we're changing the world. May we take the roof off and be determined to see what you have promised us, no matter what. I pray everyone under the sound of my voice, under the sound of my voice, walk in the word that you have given them tonight. And don't let no one or no demon in hell stop them from seeing your word come forth. I pray over each and every one. I pray over the word that was given. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for being with each and every one of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.